0: Welcome. Welcome to the porch on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, the only basics that I think count, but that's just me. We study the Word of God. We focus on the book of Acts Church to see how they served Him and served the kingdom of God to follow their example. We take a deeper intense look into their service to the kingdom so that we can replicate it. Boy, do we need it now. Our desire has always been to find and restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. They shook the world upside down, and we need to do that again. We dig deeper into Scripture, and in doing so, we find the church Lord intended, not the one man created The church age is not over, no matter what anybody tells you. What happened in the upper room is as much for today as it was on the day of Pentecost. If you know that, if you believe that, and you want more, you want more in your spiritual walk with Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, then join us. You're welcome to join us on this journey as we get back to basics. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Take a look at the new website. Use the contact button. If you'd like to support what we do, we, we hope that you will. At the bottom of that main page, there are multiple ways to do so. If you have any questions, just reach out. We'll give you more information if you need it. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Welcome all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. Make sure that you subscribe to us there. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you. Thank you for being a part of the porch community sincerely. I care about you. I pray for you if I know you by name. If I don't, I just pray for you as part of the community, as a listener. If you need prayer or you'd like to pray for others, let us know. We'll plug you in, or we'll let people know what your needs are. Subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, X, the X Twitter, and um, there are links on the main page to do that aerial support. If you are a part of SRT's aerial support, I hope that you're praying. Even though the mission is four months out, we're um, we're taking some fire already from the enemy. Could really use some extra aerial support. Need some prayer for the expenses for that, for the mission, and some things that just seem to be popping up left and right, both personal, ministerial, and Otherwise, I'm going to prepare um, a—I don't know if I'll do a video or just a web page explaining what the needs are, what's going on, and ways that you can help. If you'd like to, at the end of the year, people are looking for tax deductions. If you or somebody you know is looking for some place to put their final donation, please tell them about us. We always start out with praise reports, prayer requests, um, always have, always will. I think I'd one night I didn't, and it really bothered me. I don't believe you should come into his presence, whether through study, through praise, through worship, without acknowledging him and praising him first. Father, we praise you. We love you. We praise you for your love for us, your grace, your salvation. We love you, Father. You are so awesome. You are Abba. You are Abba. You're not some distant, far-off God. You are Abba Father, Papa God. You are Daddy to your children. Oh, we are in awe of you. We revere you. We, we see you as um, tremendous, worthy of praise. But we know you as Dad. So, Father, we just come to you and we thank you. Thank you for Yeshua. Thank you for giving us your only begotten Son, to pay our debt, a debt we would never, ever have been able to pay because you wanted to be reconciled with us. And that is so awesome. Thank you, Lord, for doing it for us, for, for saving us, for redeeming us, for shedding your blood on that cross to wipe away our sins. We thank you that you're alive, that you rose from the dead. The grave is empty. He is not here. You are sitting at the right hand of the Father, and you allow us to sit with you in the heavenly places. Thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit to walk with us, to teach us, to guide us, to make sure that we know the Word and that we know you. So I praise you for you, for what you've done for me, for my home, and as I do this, folks, you you praise Him for what you have. And and if it correlates to what I'm saying, fine. But I praise Him for this home that I have, from my wife who has put put up with a lot, been through a lot to be married to me. I mean, you never know what's going to show up in the middle of the night. Could be an angel, could be a fallen angel, could be a fallen watcher, could be a hellhound. You never know what's going to show up here. I praise Him for the family I have, my sons, daughter-in-laws, grandson, furry kids. Everything I have comes from Him. I praise Him for the protection that He offers us, that Psalm 91 covering, because we're His. Now, of course, we put our hand outside the hedge. We go outside the walls. We're fair game. But as long as we stay within the boundaries He's given us, we're good. I praise Him for this ministry his ministry. My name will never, ever be on this ministry or anything I do for him because it's all about him. I praise him for you, each and every one of you. Hope someday we can work out that we can meet face to face and gather and celebrate and worship and do those things. But until then, we do it this way. Praise him for the dreams and the visions of which of late there have been a lot. So I thank him for sharing and and showing what's going to happen and what is happening, for his healing virtues, for the ability to do this, to praise him, to talk to you, and hopefully get you to praise him, to find your way back if you wandered away, or to find your way to him if you lost. I praise him for the renewed spirit man inside of me, and the fact that I am taking this into the end times, to the signs of the times which are saying the King is coming, the King is coming, and I want to be ready. I want to do everything He's called me to do. So let's get ready for the return of the King. To Him who loved us. I read this last week. I want to read it again. To Him who loved us and washed us from, washed us from our sins in His own blood and has made us kings and priests to His God and Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Behold, He is coming with the clouds, and everyone will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. So let's pray. Let's pray for those people that don't know him, that they would know him before that moment. Pray for Israel, the peace of Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces for the sake of my brethren, and companions, I will now say peace be within you, Psalm 122. Verses six through eight, and I sincerely pray that I pray for Israel all the time, for my Jewish brothers and sisters. For everything that's going on there. I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the victims, the martyrs, and those that have been uh, in suffered injustice the persecution, the murder, everything that's going on in and out of the womb, both animal and human. It bothers me. It distresses me. There are some days I just say, Lord, how can you put up with this world? I'm so tired of this world, but I know we got to wait. We're holding on for you, Lord. Pray for divine wholeness. Boy, do I pray for divine wholeness, health and healing in me, in my body, and yours for my wife, my family sincerely desiring to get back to my divine design, not to what I've done to it or what the world has done or ancestry has done or the medical big farmer has done. I want to be what he created me to be, don't you? So if you're sick right now, just join with me and believe and receive to get back to your divine design. Anything wrong in your body, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, be made whole, be fixed, be the way he made you to be. No more sickness, no more pain, no more illness. Pray for protection. We live in a fallen world under the under the control of the God of this world, Hasatan and his fallen and the demons and all those that side with him. But greater is he that is in us than he that is against us, so we stand. We push back, we rise up inspired. I pray for inspiration, for the remnant to be inspired, to wake up. It's time to wake up, come out of your slumber, to rise up, answer the call to action, pray, intercede, support, uh, provide, feed, do whatever he has shown you to do, but do it in accordance with his word and do it by the Holy Spirit. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. Let's bless others. Let's help people. Let's pray for protection, for the enemy knows it's his time. We need to know it's ours and act accordingly. Father, we just come to you now in the name of Yeshua, filled with your spirit and your love for the brethren, for each other. We ask that you would bless us, touch us, heal us, deliver us. Bless and protect this technology. Let this word go forth and do what it was designed to do. Though it's my voice, they're your words, it's your spirit, it's your intention. We clear our minds of the cares of this world. We take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. We claim the mind of Messiah, and we cast down every vain imagination that would exalt itself over the knowledge of El Elyon, God Most High, our Father. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do whatever you want to do. Say whatever you want to say. However you want to say it, this is your time to glorify the Lord. So we say, do as you will. If you agree with me, just say amen. lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we are on the teaching. He is, I am, part five. Didn't no, it was going to go this long. Should have suspe- suspected. Hey, it's easy for you to say, Richard. Should have suspected it would because there are six I am in the book of John. This is number five. We've got one more week. And it turned out the way the Lord scheduled it, and I didn't do this on purpose. I didn't figure it out till about the third week that it was going to happen. That this fifth one, he is, I am the light of the world, lines up with the start of Hanukkah. But we're looking at an intimate relationship with the Lord, intimate, that He is the foundation and the key to our spiritual existence. There is no other key. There is no other foundation. The question always is, do you know Him and know who He is, or do you just know about Him? Too many people are being deceived by false teachers, by con men, by snake oil salesmen because they don't know this word written or living. Knowing Him means spending time with Him and in His Word. You can't do one without the other. Signs and wonders follow the Word. The gifts of the Spirit line up with the fruit of the Spirit. Because relationship never fails you. You won't forget relationship. You won't forget those things in times of distress. You may forget chapter and verse. You may forget a teaching. But if you know him, that'll always be there because he is the key, the key to our authority, the key to our standing in a fallen world. Because here's a, let me tell you something, Satan does not fear you. He's a criminally insane. He doesn't fear you. He didn't feel Yeshua got in his face in the wilderness When he breaks the sky, they're going to turn their weapons on. They're not afraid of you. But you don't live in fear, and you go forward and do what you're called to do in his name. But don't do it arrogantly or foolishly. You know who you are in him. He's the key to our understanding. We need to understand who he is, and we need to exalt him in our life. He's everything we need or should want. See, he reveals himself in his word. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God revealed them through his Spirit. For the Spirit teaches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, capital S, who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God in his word. He makes it very clear in very plain language. Yeshua, red letter basics. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He's saying I am the way because I am the truth and the life. I am the way to the Father. I am the way to a complete life full of joy. A life filled with life, light, L-I-G-H-T. A life filled with light. John eight twelve. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have The light of life. The Nelson Study Bible says, I am the light of the world. As the sun is the physical light of the world, so Yeshua is the spiritual light of the world. And as the light of the world, Yeshua exposes sin. We see that with the woman caught in adultery, and when he gave sight to the blind man at the pool of Siloam. John 9 five through seven, as long as I am the world, I am the light of the world. But when he said these things, this is the man at the pool blind man at the pool of Siloam. When he said these things he spat on the ground and made clay with saliva. Hmm when did we see somebody forming clay of the ground? And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Pastor Shelley taught one time, and I agree with him, that just like he formed Adam with the clay of the earth, he took that clay and he made that blind man new eyes. Because he took it and spit in it, and he rubbed it on the man's eyes, and the man could see. Just like at the beginning, he said to that blind man, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Genesis 1, 1, who was in the beginning? He was in the beginning with God. So I believe he's the one who spoke that. John 1, 4 through 5 says, In him was life, and the life was what? The light of men. Hmm, light and life again. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness did not overwhelm it. The darkness could not withstand it, just like in the beginning. I am the light of the world. That's plain, absolute. And even though he gives the disciples the same title, they are only light in the Lord. (laughs) Ephesians 5, starting with verse 8. Let me slow down. I'm so jacked up right now with the Holy Spirit, which is really, really the Holy Spirit, because before my wife can tell you, today's been a struggle, lack of sleep, Severe pain from a hip that's got to be uh, operated on. Uh, craziness going on with the attacks of the enemy and all this other stuff. And I was praying, Lord, you got to help me get through this. And it got started, and here he is, and here I am, and my feet are chomping. My feet are actually moving. I'm doing this, the, the dance under the desk here. <laughs> Ephesians 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Now, how can you expose them? Because you're light in the Lord. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by light, exposed by light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, awake, arise from the dead, and Messiah will give you light. See, what Paul's doing there in Ephesians chapter 5, he's talking about Yeshua as he was spoken about by the prophet Isaiah in the Messianic prophecies. Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 7. And let me say this. I know it's hard to keep up. Shelley used to do that. He used to fire him off and go here and go there. And I'm I'm the student of him as the teacher, and now I've become the teacher. If you are a supporter of the porch. I'm trying to do something to bless those of you that support the porch. I am taking every scripture I use every week, putting it on a list, and I'm giving it to people who said they wanted it. If you are a supporter of the porch and you want these, let me know and I will email them to you. Isaiah 42, starting verse 1. Behold, my servant, capital M, capital S, meaning therefore he's talking about Yeshua, whom I uphold, my elect one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth. In the coastlands, the coastlands shall wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out. Who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it. Who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you, capital wives, speaking to Yeshua, in righteousness, and I will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. He didn't just come to the Jews, it came to the Gentiles. He is the light of the world. Now, we're starting tomorrow night at sundown, Hanukkah for 2023. Eight days celebrating the miracle of the menorah oil. If you don't know, and every year we talk about it, so I can remind you, Hanukkah is a Jewish festival that commemorates the purification and rededification of the temple by Judas Maccabeus on Kislev 25, 165 B.C., which usually falls in December When the first temple was destroyed around five hundred eighty BC, the Jews were exiled to Babylon just as Jeremiah had foretold. Seventy years later they were allowed to go back, and they rebuilt the temple. You see that in Nehemiah chapter eight. But they were still under foreign oppression. Around one hundred seventy one BC, Antiochus IV came to power. After Alexander the Great conquered the whole world, then he died and split it up amongst his generals. And Israel, this area, fell under the control of Antiochus IV, who called himself Antiochus Theo Epiphanes, or just Antiochus Epiphanes, short for meaning Antiochus, the visible god. Well, the Jews nicknamed him Antiochus Epimenes, which meant Antiochus the crazy one because he was uh, satanically, diabolically, homicidally crazy. So he decreed that the Torah, the law of God, could not be studied under the penalty of death. Circumcision was forbidden, and the Sabbath was not to be kept. Anytime a demonic leader is in place, there will be a war against the Word and following the Word. This is a quote from Adolf Hitler. And when I say it to you, I want you to see how it correlates to what's going on in the world right now. Hitler said to the Jews, you can't live among us as Jews. Then he said, you can't live among us. And then eventually became, you can't live. When you hear them say, from the river to the sea, we will be free, what they're saying Is they not only want the land, but they want the Jews gone and they want the Jews dead. The same satanic spirit of the Antichrist persecution we saw then, we are seeing today. So Antiochus sent troops from village to village with a statue of himself, ordering the people to bow down to it. And one day they arrived at the village of Modim, (laughs) Old Testament Palestine, isn't that interesting? The Syrian officer ordered the Jewish high priest, Matthias to take part in the ceremony. He said, no, good man. But an elderly man, trying to keep the peace and appease, uh, stepped forward to comply with the order. And Matthias killed him with the spear, and then he took that same spear and he killed one of the Syrian soldiers. He tore down the Greek altar, and with a battle cry, he said, whoever is for the Lord, follow me. And thus the Maccabean revolt began. Mattathias had five sons, and they fled into the hills and conducted a guerrilla warfare where they wore down the enemy, a warfare against the Syrian army. And they fought against insurmountable odds, but their banner was, Mikamocha Balaim Adonai, which is, Who is like you, O Lord? Which is Exodus fifteen eleven, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. And it just ran through my spirit that after the church is gone and the rapture has happened and the 144,000 are witnessing on the earth and the battle begins between the Antichrist and his forces and the forces of God, that'll be their battle cry, just like it was back then. So Matthias dies, and he leaves his son Judah Maccabee, in charge that word Maccabee is aramaic machabah, which with the hammer because he was ferocious in his fighting and he took untrained farmers and fought the better equipped syrian army and his victories inspired others to follow him and after 3 years in 165 bc jerusalem was liberated but the temple was defiled If you want to read about this, it's in 1 Maccabees chapter 1 and 4 and 2 Maccabees 6 and 10. And you can find it online. You don't have to go out and buy it. So they went to the temple and they found the defiled articles were missing or broken. And they searched around and they only found one cruise of oil bearing the high priest's seal. Well, that cruise had enough oil for only one day's burning on the menorah. But a miracle came to pass, and it lasted eight days. While the following year these days were declared a holiday to be celebrated with the saying of the Hallel, which is Psalms 113 through Psalm 118 and Thanksgiving prayers of the miracle of the Hanukkah was a few, with God on their side, triumphed over the much more powerful enemies. Eight days of oil from one vial, Supernatural oil for a supernatural need. Now, the, the the centerpiece of the celebration was a nine branch uh, candelabrum. The, the you know the the menorah we call it the menorah, and the first candle, which is usually in the middle, is the servant candle, the shamash, and it's used to light each additional candle each night to commemorate the eight days of the miracle. Now, the Hanukkah menorah, we have one, and we will do it. And we have uh, two electric ones to put in the windows. And each night you do it, and you say a prayer, which is for the miracles, and we thank you for the miracles, for the redemption, for the mighty deeds, for the saving acts, and for the wonders which you have wrought for our ancestors in those days at this time. And then I will add a scripture about the light of the world or about... I will add a contemporary scripture from the New Testament. Now this Hanukkah symbolizes that day, that miracle of the eight days, eight branches, new beginnings. And that servant candle is the one that lights the rest, and it's the only one that lights the rest. Receiving light from the servant candle, from the shamash, in the same way we receive our light from the Messiah, the suffering servant of the Almighty, of whom it was written. He is despised and rejected by men. Let me... let me switch here. Something got out of order, and my brain went somewhere else as I was visualizing what I was saying. Do you do that when I teach? Are you visualizing what I'm saying? Let this word come alive inside of you. Don't just sit and listen. Don't stare at your Bibles. or If you're following the list, that's great. But listen, absorb, hear. problem I find with most people is they listen, but they don't hear. Think about that one for a little bit. Isaiah 49, verse 6, he says, It is is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light of the Gentiles that you should bring salvations to the end of the earth. Something is completely out of order here, but we'll just run with it. The Messiah, the servant of God despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. We did not esteem him. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we had esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities." The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him and has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant, the Shemach, shall justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. Yeshua, the light of the world, the servant candle. See, he taught his disciples to serve others as he did, which is what we're called to do, to spread that light, to give it to others so that they can do the same. We... Everybody wants to be on a stage, and they want to preach to crowds, and they want to do the, oh, I'll preach to thousands outside, but it's it's one at a time. You want to pull down a principality, you do it one person at a time. And how do you do it? Well, I get this person saved, and then he gets their family members saved, and then they get their family members saved, and on and on and on. And before you know it, we've taken a whole principality. See, he preached the virtues of humbleness and holiness and service. His ministry began with the lowest of humanity, bringing light to those in darkness. And if you've never been around those people, they are desperate for light. They're desperate for hope. The Servant Candle, the Suffering Servant of Messiah a light to the Gentiles, a light to the world, salvation to the ends of the earth. So when he says, I am the light of the world, he's saying, I am the light of the world for both Jew and Gentile. I am the light of the world for everyone. So Hanukkah, dedication, that's what it means. When the temple was destroyed, The celebration went into the homes and became the festival of lights, a time of illumination, a time of being able to see things. Maybe during these eight days, for you to have a new beginning, you need to take a day-to-day look in the light of things that you've kept hidden. Maybe you need to open up those closet doors and those boxes you've planted away inside of you, and let things out, bring things out into the light. I know it's uncomfortable. I know you don't like to do it. I didn't like to do it. And guess what? He still does it. He brings things to mind where I just shake my head and go, wow, what was I thinking before and after salvation? Because we're still flesh. We still mess up. We still do things that you get to say, I'm sorry. But it's a time to see illumination, the action of illuminating or state of being illuminated, a spiritual or intellectual enlightenment, a lighting up, brightened with light, intellectually or spiritually. What you, Yeshua is saying is I am the light of the world from the beginning and until the end i am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the waters then god said let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. You see, he came to drive the darkness away just as he did in the beginning. He was the light of life. The actual sun was not created, I think, until the fourth day. What was giving life to everything was him, his illumination, and he will be the light forevermore. Revelation 21, verses 22 through 27. But I saw no temple, and he's talking about the new Jerusalem. I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Father and Son, Ancient of Days, the Son of Man, the Holy Spirit, the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of the Lord illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, what a time that will be, no darkness. No sin, no death. Lion and the lamb laying down together. None of the things which distress us today that I see that bothers me no more. Because when the king comes back, he's going to put it back in order. Get it back to what it was supposed to be before Adam messed up. He is the light of the world and we are his lights now for all the world to see just as the menorah. He's the servant candle. Where are the other candles? And he has lit us so that people can find their way in the darkness. And just like now we put the, the, the candles or the lights in the windows for all to see, that's us. We need to shine. We need to be him, not some preacher, not some teacher, not some televangelist or somebody up on a stage. We need to be him. I don't want to be anybody else but him. Matthew chapter 5, starting verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, oh, there's some people shining right now and glorifying everything but Him. They're glorifying themselves or some brand or something they've pushed. I only want to shine Him. Matthew 4.16, quoting Isaiah 9.2 about the coming Messiah The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region of the valley of death, light has dawned. What was he talking about? What was that light? What's the source of that light, Isaiah? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called... Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no peace in Israel until Yeshua comes back. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over His kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of Hosts. Will perform this. Everything from Genesis to Revelation is either foreshadowing or declaring Yeshua. Everything. If you will take the time to open your Bible and read it, you'll see that. You'll see the tapestry. You'll see this string, this thread, of this red thread of redemption all the way through. It's, I can't even tell you that if you'll take the time to do it a little bit at a time, understand it. It will begin to amaze you and you'll begin to feed on that word, the bread of life, which is what we'll be talking about next week when he said, I am the bread of life if you will feed on it instead of just nibbling, your life will be different. You'll be different. The enemy will have a much more difficult time messing with you. See, Abba wants us to let our light so shine before men. Why? So that You're glorifying him in heaven by what you do. Your works are your actions done in faith for the kingdom, not for you. I don't think he's glorified by any of these man-made ministries and giant monstrosities of people's egos. You glorify him by you, how you treat each other, how you treat one another, how you treat people that even aren't saved. Yeshua exhorted everyone listening to him to put their trust in the light while they had him so that they could become sons of light. John 12, starting verse 35, Yeshua said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. These things Yeshua spoke and departed, and was hidden from them. He was concluding his testimony to them that he came into the world as light, so that no one who believed in him would remain in darkness john twelve forty six I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me shall not abide in darkness. And this is a problem I have with many believers who are still in sin, still in bondage, still doing what they did before. They made that confession of faith. They're still living in the darkness. They need healing, so they go to the world or they go to doctors and doctors have their place. And certain medicines have their place, but for the most part, Big Pharma rules it, and it's about profits, and it's not about patients. We need to come to him first. And then if he says, do this, you do that. But he's always our first stop in healing. Unfortunately, out of everything I just said, this wonderful testimony, John declared That light came into the world. People would rather have darkness than light. John chapter 3, starting verse 19. And this is the condemnation, the judicial act of judgment that will happen. That light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they've been done in God. Why? So that we can glorify our Father in heaven. We can let people know that there's hope. They don't have to live in darkness. Why do I give my testimony of coming out of the occult? Why do I share those things of what I've gone through, Um, the things I wrote about in the book, The Supernatural Battle, to give people hope that if he can save me, he can save you. If he can heal me and give me back the family I threw away, he can do that for you. If he can restore me into right relationship with him, he can do that to you. If he can drive the spirits out of your mind, out of your soul, out of your body, He can do that for you. We give people hope by being the light that they need to see in their darkness, the the lighthouse before their ship crashes into the rocks. Interestingly enough, that word light in the Greek is where we get phosphorus from, but it's mentioned 73 times in the New Testament, and 23 of those are mentioned by John in his Gospels and in his writings. Because to him, Jesus, Yeshua, is that light. John knew he was an eyewitness. He walked with him, ate with him. They they slept on the ground, camped together, he and the disciples with the Lord. He saw the miracles. He heard every word. He saw the tears. He saw the, the blood coming out of his pores in the garden. He saw him on the cross, torn and bleeding unrecognizable. He was there at the trial watching them spit on him and scourge him and tear his clothes and do all the things they did to him. I'm going to listen to John. John's an eyewitness. So when he says to me that Yeshua said in John 9, 5, as long as I am the world, I am the light of the world. There's no other light. There's no other way. There's no other answer. But it made me think when he said that I am the, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world, but what's going to happen when his church is gone? Because if we're the, the candles that he has lit and he takes us out, there's going to be no light in the world. And there'll be darkness because he's not here. Because the... The fallen will be in charge. Satan will be in charge. And when he opens the pit and the demons get out and all the the kings that were put into the pit with them get out, there's going to be darkness in the land. And the world that preferred darkness to light and refused to accept him will think, oh boy, party time. They will be in for shock just like it was in the days of Noah when the Watchers turned and and had sons by the daughters of Adam, and then they began to procreate on the earth, and then there wasn't enough food for them to eat. So they started fighting amongst themselves and starting eating mankind. And the humans who suddenly had banded with these supernatural beings that they turned into gods started to cry out for help. And they got their help through a flood, and only Noah and his family and the animals made it out of that mess because they rejected God, and they chose darkness over him. The world rejected Yeshua. His own, the Jews, rejected him. John 1, 9-11, the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. That's why my heart in ministry and in preaching and teaching, I have a heart for my Jewish brothers and sisters who are still in darkness, whose eyes have not been opened, who have been lied to. They, they, uh, Isaiah 53 is not read to them, and when they read it, they they know there's only one person Isaiah was prophesying about, and that was Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua. And the ones who open their eyes and see the light and come to him are passionate about him. So many videos on YouTube about it. But it's still being rejected by his own. We are his light bearers now. We are. When the Lord gave me firefall, and originally it was the fire that fell on Mount Carmel to destroy the enemy, and then I began to realize it was the fire on Mount Sinai that brought the Ten Commandments. It's the fire of the upper room, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That fire, that light, is him. We need to arise and shine Him to the world. We need to let them know that He is exalted. He is before all things. He is the beginning and the end. He is who is and was and is to come. If they're hungry, He's the bread of life. If they're in darkness, he is the light of the world. He's the door to the sheep. He is the good shepherd. He is the resurrection, the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. Because he is, I am. You have got to get that into your spirit. You've got to get that into your mind. It's got to become a part of your language. The only thing, Larry and I were talking about this today, and I get the excitement over over, um, fellowship and church and the signs and the wonders, and I was caught up in all that. And then I began to realize that we were focusing on the manifestations instead of focusing on Him. Where He is, those things happen. Signs and wonders follow the Word. When the gospel is preached, when someone is told about Yeshua, things happen. They don't happen separate from that. And so now now I'm at a place 30-some-odd years later, got saved in '88. Began teaching in 90, so what's that, 33 years later? 34, pretty soon. I'm finally at the place where I think I get it. I think I understand. Like Paul did at the end of his ministry, I know one thing and one thing only Yeshua and Him crucified. Because without the cross, there is no empty tomb, there is no upper room, there's no salvation, there's no hope, there's no redemption, there's no restoration. So my hope is in him. For me to be a light of the world, for me to be what he needs me to be at this time, it's got to be all about him about him, about his word, about his spirit, about his will, about his kingdom. It can't be about me. You know, John the Baptist said, Oh, this is the Lamb of God come to save the world. I must decrease and he must increase. And told, you know, the disciples that he had around him, Andrew and James and some of the others, you need to go follow him now. But John, for whatever reason, couldn't shut down his ministry. So a couple of years later, he lost his head because he couldn't get out of the way. It's got to be all about him. It's his ministry. It's his kingdom. It's his cross. I couldn't hang on it. Could you? I don't want to follow anybody if they didn't raise from the dead. You can be beaten and scourged and martyred. But if you're still in the tomb and rotten in the ground, yeah, you're not all that. Nope. There's no bones in there either. I don't need to worry about any bones. There's no bones in that grave because he's alive, sitting at the right hand of the Father in fullness and power, and we get to sit with him in the heavenly places. Father, thank you for sending him. Thank you for the darkness that you separated with Yeshua. You drove it back. You pushed it back, and it was good, and it's still good. Thank you, Lord, for being the servant candle, being the shamash, and lighting us so that we can illuminate the world through you. We can tell them about you. We can feed them the bread of life with you. We can show them the way to the truth and the life that you want for them, that you desired from the beginning because you are I am. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you've done. Church, listen. Praise Him every day. Thank Him for something. If you can't thank Him for something, you're not paying attention. Your eyes open, your heart beats. It may flutter, it may do some things that aren't in the schedule, but you got it, it's pumping. And if something goes wrong, he's giving people technology to give you a new one. Thank him. Every day for the slice of bread that you eat, the roof over your head. Get in your car. It may not be the car you want, but it's the car you have. Thank him for it. You lay hands on that dashboard. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the shoes on my feet, my clothes, my family, my loved ones my furry kids, no matter how much they frustrate me or barf in the middle of the night or have an accident that I may step in barefoot. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that they're so wonderful and loving, unconditional, and that you allow us to have dominion over them, to take care of them. And we have been such bad stewards of your creation. Thank you for being able to tell people about you and even considering us to work with you in this glorious, glorious mission to change this world one person at a time until finally it'll all be over. No more darkness, no more death, no more sin, just you and us forever in the light. Thank you, Lord. And I pray and I say all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Do me a favor before I close out. And I bless you. Please, take time to make a list of everything you're thankful for. Put it somewhere. And tell him every day, and then add something to it to be thankful for. And then tell others about him. You don't need to have chapter and verse, some good ones that you could know, but read your Bible and then you'll know them. But don't be afraid or be embarrassed or I'm not like you, Richard, I can't do that. I don't have all that knowledge you have. You probably shouldn't because I've been studying for I got saved in 88, started studying pretty quickly. That's 35 years now. Just tell them what you know. Shine. What I'm telling you to do is to shine, to light up the darkness, lead people home. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, Aronai Yeshua HaMashiach, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.